Good news, everyone. <laughs> you have been hearing an ad for a while now saying if we pumped up our Patreon to $500 a month, we would give you a whole bonus show. And you did it like a while ago. And I just haven't changed the ad. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> consider this an update. Congrats. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm replacing that ad with this one. And this one is just a little clip show to get your whistle wet for this month's extra bonus episode of uh, Mama Tried. And that'll come out as soon as we get $1,000. That'll come out as soon Yeah, we're holding <laughs> this one hostage. Nah, 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 nah. But I did want to remind y'all, if we do hit 750, our goal is to release two episodes of that a month. But without any further ado, mm-hmm. here's a couple of clips. Get hyped. Gunvar is going to watch Martin go investigate the door and yeah. think to himself, that motherfucker is going to get attacked by a ghost and I'm going to get blamed for that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Did I... What did I... What did I do? And with glee, he's like, yes, one more. <laughs> and he starts scuffing it out and he saves like one last little bit. And then he uh, jumps ass first onto it and erases <laughs> it with a butt. He's looking straight ahead, but it, it, and it would be difficult for you to know if he is just looking straight ahead, watching where he's going, looking straight ahead, like avoiding your gaze because he feels awkward about what he's going to say, looking straight ahead because there's Gunvar's fucking back. <laughs> you wake to the feel of sunlight warming your face. Oh, God. Oh, oh so bright. As a well-known sense of aching dread rolls from your temples to your stiffened limbs. Don't say it's my mom. Familiar. I'm not my mother's child. I can handle it. I had too much. Welcome to Astronomica, a podcast that has been releasing episodes for a whole year. That's right. This episode marks the one year anniversary of our, not the show, because we started like six months before that. No, more than six months before that. Uh, But the one year anniversary of us actually releasing episodes. And barring a single week where we, again, just really gave you the chance to meditate, think about your life, get things together, and really prepare for the week after that's episode. We've been consistent. You got an episode every week out of us? We're like Cracker Barrel, where where consistency is our Y word. And we started with three, right? So that yes, was Yes, we started with three. This is gonna be fifty-four. That's correct. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you guys have fifty-four free episodes <clears throat> of Astronomica Podcast. And I stand by like Wait a minute, 10 this of shit's them. free? It's free. Are you guys planning to give me my money back at some point? Uh, um, so about that. Um, Wait, oh, no, 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 it's who's free. not paying? It's free for Who the, all here's not it's paying? It's free for the listeners. <laughs> we all pay to be on the cast. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I would like okay. it on the record that I'm deeply insulted because I'm about to open our celebratory one-year champagne and Katrina went and got a whole bunch of paper towels <laughs> acting like 
I'm going to somehow fuck up opening this bottle of champagne. Wait, uh-huh. do you think you, he's going to use them like in his hand or something? She's just, just being considerate. in case, I also moved his character sheet, and I don't want to hear anything, because his character <laughs> sheet's covered in Skittles and beer That's splashes. I'm sorry. Also legit. If Anton's character sheet does not get our one-year celebratory... <laughs> that uh, character sheet has like, existed for a year, and it's, somehow it's still a, intact. If that this, is a collaboration between honestly, Jackson Pollock I'm and Gary I'm going to be Gygax disappointed if I, if I don't it. get champagne right? on this. That is a generous use of intact. <laughs> I think you left out Migs from Silence of the Lambs in your uh, artistic yeah. combo well, there. Our, uh, it's about the end time. It's been a year. Party people ready to celebrate. Woo! Yes. We are. It's Nashville, baby. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Not a drop spilled. I want no. No, it's still young. Again, Not I still think you should put. The Quaintons be forgot and never come. This is for posterity. I, I did just pour some champagne. You gotta get a my... picture of that. <laughs> come out, you black and tan. grabbing my phone. Like Don't get me started on that shit. We're passing it round. This is oh, how you okay, distract me. Okay. If it makes it back around. I think I, I shortchanged sure myself, but we got a nice, uh, nice, cool bottle of Dom. Sure? That's not, I'm gonna get mine. I was being polite. Pierre, Dom, Dom Pierre. Pierre. Oh yeah, Champagne of Kings. I, I made sure that the um, champagne trail rolling across my character sheet made it to Anton's face. My little mm-hmm. doodle of him. Nice. For real, thank you everybody for listening. If you've even listened to a single episode and hated it, you still contributed to our numbers. So thanks. Shout out Thanks. to the haters. <laughs> Thanks, weird guy on Facebook. <laughs> um, so I know that we did a whole thing and edit this out if this question's really stupid, but does someone have a question this week? Yes. Are we doing that? What is your closest brush with death? Oh. Oh, shit, I forgot Are to we think still about doing that? that? Oh. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> um, I don't think I have any brushes can... with death, to be honest, except maybe for some really bad uh, things with my car. Mm-hmm. Look, I have wrecked a few cars. Totaled a few vehicles. I yeah. I one of them was your standard hydroplane off the side of the interstate with one of my dear friends from growing up who had recently gotten married and we were coming back from a ren fair and ended up having to crawl out of the top of the car. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Were you in garb? One of, uh, one of those. We were not. But the one that really did boil down to bad decision making on my part was I damaged the thing that can that keeps the hood of your car down. Oh. Mm. The latch? The yeah, latch? sure, the latch. Yes, mm-hmm. if there's a word for it, I guess it would be latch. <laughs> I, I just had some standard Memphis car interaction with a person and then didn't fix my car after that. That's um, also part of the standard Memphis car interaction. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I had bungee corded it down. And then what happened? Well, then what happened was I had a wedding to go to back in Indianapolis where I'm from coincidentally of the friend who I later hydroplaned into a ditch with mm. do they still uh. trust you yes but Ooh, they have a child silly. now so probably I'm just her her new husband who is super sweet and is a wonderful guy after after the hydroplaning incident there was very much a lot of like I'm not sure I'm allowed. I'm going to let you drive uh, her anywhere anymore anymore not, not my family but so yeah I had a wedding to go to and uh between Memphis and Nashville, the bungee cord that I had obviously rigged up beautifully <laughs> failed. What? <laughs> Shockingly. That is not where I thought the story was going. Um, I thought sh- someone was going to try and steal your bungee cord and then shoot you because uh, yeah. you wouldn't give it to him. Yeah, that's what happens in Nashville, man. Don't, don't go to Nashville. It's a weird place. So the bungee cord failed. The hood of my car slammed into my windshield. While driving in the 
left lane, you know, mm-hmm. the standard pace you go on an interstate. Yeah, a little bit drunk. <laughs> not, not that. I had a long way to go. Oh, okay. She had done so much cocaine. Sorry, I, yeah, I, mis- I misunderstood. Okay. And that's when my heart exploded. Um, no, I then pulled into the grass between the two directions of the interstate <laughs> and was very fortunate that it was a place where it was relatively flat and that there was not trees or anything like that. I stopped like 20 feet from the other direction of the the westward bound on the interstate and also maybe about 40 feet from the metal that like goes over like a an Ooh. actual ditch kind of area. Yeah. Yeah, no, my car was completely totaled. People were calling in and saying that someone hit a deer. I immediately called my mom and was like, hey, I'm not going to be in an indie when I said I was. <laughs> and like, I have about a five minute window of when I can deal with this shit. So I have to get off the phone with you right now because I'm a, I got to call insurance to tow me before I start freaking the fuck out. Um, <laughs> got to ride the shock. And, yeah, no. And that was like, okay. I think that was the closest I've come. Was there any was moment that you like threw your arm out the window like Ace Ventura and just like hung your head out the window? <laughs> no, no, no. The whole time I could not see. I just had the hood in front. Could not see riding the brake all the way. Just like this is going to it's fine. It's going to I'm going to stop. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And then when I got out and looked <laughs> at where my car was, deal. I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> it's a huge deal. <laughs> so that's it. If the latch to the hood of your car does not work. Do not drive on the interstate. Or like, anywhere, I would say. Yeah, I mean, in Maybe. town, if you're driving, like, like three blocks away, you're going to be fine. Not enough to get the wind under yeah. your I, sails, yeah. as it were. I painted a highway scene on my hood so that if it ever comes up... <laughs> <laughs> you could just run into it like Wiley e. Coyote. Right, fine. But which highway? Um, you seen one. <laughs> 240. So there's a guy doing donuts. Yeah. <laughs> your old car with the... <laughs> All right, yeah, there we go. Is your heart beating fast just thinking about it? Ish. It was one of those things where it was like, it was really like, well, shit, now this is going to be hard to get to Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And I got partway to, I I missed the ceremony and was like, maybe I should just go home and I'll just tell my friend like, hey, here's what happened. And she's not going to be upset with me. And then I changed my clothes in a rest stop, I think 20 minutes from India. Because they were covered in (laughs) Well, no, I was like, you know what? I could go home and no one would say anything about it. Or I could go to the reception at least. I could have a good time. And I could tell people later that, hey, and I still went to the reception. And I want to be the person who tells the story with the end of I still went to the reception instead of, yeah, I went home because I felt like shit. Who's the real best friend in this situation? (laughs) (laughs) Maid of honor, I'll kick your ass. I I like this story because it encapsulates two things about you. One of which is you are the kind of person who would go to the reception after. Yeah. And also you are the kind of person who is at least in part motivated by consciousness of being able to tell people later on that you are the kind of person that went to the reception. All right. Uh, So my story, I think you guys have heard it before. I was on a bike. I lived in Orlando and a situation happened in which I was possibly arrested for driving on a suspended license. The first time I was arrested. They've all been for the same thing. Uh, it's really sad. I'm so <laughs> irresponsible. But uh, so I spent a few months riding a bike. And it was a very busy, like, divided, like, two lanes each way. So I was on the sidewalk. So on the sidewalk, riding my bike pretty slowly, being cautious, 
cutting in front of someone who is going to take a right. And he was just creeping up, drove a big old Cadillac, creeping up, creeping up. I thought he saw me. He did not see me. So he crept up at about three miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And I rode a big beach cruiser. It wasn't like a nice, like, fancy bike. Mm-hmm. Huge bike. And it was so slow that it just sort of, like, bumped me. And <laughs> his right tire was on my left ankle. No, I was shit. still on the bike. Ooh. No. And because it was so slow, like, if you had been witnessing it, I'm pretty sure the sound would have been <clears throat> thunk, which was just, like, me falling down. <laughs> So I'm pinned, but he's easing into traffic, so his bumper protects me from all of traffic, because I'm like half in the lane. Bumper protects me from all the traffic. And I don't realize that I'm making a lot of noise. And I apparently was screaming like a banshee, uh, which I do a lot anyway, Mm -hmm. which brought people over from across the street. And they were like waving their arms, and they were like, stop, stop. I feel him put it into park. And this poor man... (laughs) While it's on your leg. Yes. This poor man gets out of the car, and he comes around, and he looks down, and he says, oh, my God. And I said, sir, you're going to have to reverse your car. Because <laughs> I go into shock super fast when things happen, and I'm still disappointed in myself that I missed a chance to say, you're going to have to back the fuck up off me. <laughs> I'm so sad. And I remember it so vividly. So I'm laying there. Like I said, I'm still on my bike. Like, my handlebars, my cell phone is, like, out in the road. And I feel him put it in reverse, and he puts it back in park. And I know that panic when he's like, maybe I forgot what letters mean. Because <laughs> like, if he'd have gone two feet forward, I'd have been done for. And in my head, I'm thinking, you got it, boo-boo. <laughs> you can do it. He puts it back in reverse. And he yeah, backs measure up. twice, cut once. <laughs> right. <laughs> he backs up, and I like, booty scoot out of the way off of my bike like i had huge bruises on the inside of my right leg from this because it was just where the bike had pinned me (laughs) and he gets out of his car and i ask him politely to go get like i said i go into shock and i'm in shock so i'm like do you mind grabbing my phone so i could call my work and tell him i would be late (laughs) and then after i got off the phone it was a clamshell that's how long it was and i was like hey do you need to borrow my phone are you gonna be late to go anywhere and he (laughs) went no i was just going to home depot he pulls out a handful of screws that he was trying to match his name was rayon he was a lovely man and he immediately broke out sobbing and so i just held him (laughs) and i was like it's okay look i think my leg's fine it's probably just sprained like look at me i'm okay like i didn't hit my head or anything you're fine insurance will cover everything it is okay i'm not mad at you it's okay i promise i'm not he's just going on like hysterically he's telling me i just wanted to hang these shelves in my apartment and i needed seven more drywall screws and i was just gonna run up to that i'm so sorry i didn't mean that. i know i know everything is okay sweetheart and i patted his leg and like got him to calm down the uh, emts came and they started cutting off my work pants and i had to tell him to stop because it was laundry day <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, like I said, my brain goes to a crazy place. I remember being in the ambulance and my blood pressure was high. And I was like, oh, no, my blood pressure is never that high. What does that mean? And they went, you just got hit by a fucking car. Aside from I had one pin in my left ankle. It's a three inch titanium screw that I named mm. Cyrano. Mm. Cool. And I was on crutches for a while. Insurance settled. Wow. I got a Prius that 
promptly was repossessed. And so it worked out all around. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. When uh, when death comes for me, I just go, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> when death comes for you, you get a Prius for about three months. <laughs> I had it for about a year and a half. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time, man. That's great. That's worth it. I would take. I would let somebody run over my leg for a Prius for a year and a half. <laughs> but just to park, mm. just like park on it. Yeah, just yeah. Gently, just, you just it. gently rolled up. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I kept those shoes. Actually, there were a pair of Vans that they cut off of me, and I kept them, and I stitched them back up, and I wore them every chance I had. That's not, that's nice. punk rock. Mine's really short because I honestly don't have like a good oh, I almost died kind of thing because mm. I feel like I'm I'm a very fortunate person as far as like things that could go wrong as far as my own mortality tend to not unless I'm here. Um, <laughs> mostly all of my like that could have been very bad, and I could have died. We're just like sketchily climbing old buildings and like hopping roof gaps and like climbing rocks and mountains and Are shit as a, as a young person. No, um, I just was a bored young man who lived in a very boring town in Mississippi with a lot of abandoned buildings. You're telling me that you never walked in on like a squatter that pulled an eye for anything like that? Uh, like, I used to no. love to trespass as well. Yeah. <laughs> That was my favorite crime. You got to go to bigger cities for like uh, I would have said my like motorcycle wreck, but honestly, like it was not a big deal. That that recent one that you just had. I mean, I've only had the one. Hmm. Like, uh, yeah, a dude like pulled out in front of me. We were coming to an intersection. I had the light, and he turned left anyway. And uh, I like went slam on the brakes and fell over. We can all verify. We saw you afterwards, and you were like, "Yep, I just went home." Pretty much. Yeah. Like, and the guy in the car was like, I'm never going to get these screws. <laughs> no, the, the guy in the car just never stopped driving. Yeah, that's, that's a that's Memphis, yeah. that's a Memphis traffic. Memphis and, yeah. yeah, I had a, a, like a bloody elbow, and I sat in a, that shell station on MLK. I sat in the parking lot there for like 45 minutes because I couldn't dislodge my shift lever so that I could like move the motorcycle. Ooh. It just like mm. wouldn't move. And then I just like sat there wiggling it for like an hour, and then I went home. It's not a very exciting story. <laughs> I mean, it's it is exciting, but it's indicative of who do, you are that you were just like. Because I also remember, I was part furious. of it was that like, you had I, just finished that paint job, right? Yeah, yeah. And you were more like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was livid, and it was mostly like, I, like I got this thing done. I was excited. Feel like I did a good job, like and spent, then like I, the day I took it you out, you spent twenty eight years i don't know how old you are like 28 years growing that body and you were like fuck that i spent like six weeks on this oh i spent like i spent like 17 years growing this body and then i have spent the subsequent 12 years destroying it (laughs) that's another toast to that one (laughs) i also wiggle it in that shell station a lot and I'm trying to think if I was there that night. <laughs> oh, you motherfuckers know I live a life of danger. <laughs> I got ADD. I cross the fucking street every day, bro. Every goddamn day. That spring po- popped out of that pocket watch. It went right from my eye. Fuck yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Please tell me the story is the one about the chess. You know, I... Uh, Quit trying to pimp him to talk about chess. Story. <laughs> and you get a question later, you can ask us a chess story. <laughs> yes, I have scars on my face because a chessboard went through it in a car wreck, mm-hmm. which is like Nerd. still probably 
my ultimate source of cred. But I don't want to tell that story. I mean, why isn't that in every one of your dating profiles? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I do feel like maybe I should play up my scars more. That's sexy, right? You didn't yeah. get them You're, falling down in church. Didn't get these scars falling down in church. But yeah, no, I got them um, falling down in a TGI Fridays. <laughs> like a goddamn man. <laughs> Uh, you know, They're honestly, like, not all of you us. You see this? You see this right here? That's a half-priced advertiser. <laughs> not all of us made it out of the GameStop that Black Friday. <laughs> Let the man talk. I don't want to tell you, cocksuckers, my fucking story. <laughs> all right. Now look, I'm a man of mystery. All right. Have I death in the eye and said, "Nah, dude." <laughs> of course I have. Of course I have. I ain't giving them to you. Fine then, keep your secrets. I'm keeping my fucking <laughs> secrets. <clears throat> Let's see. Well, I have a lot of mental health related stories that aren't in keeping with the tone of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've never talked about our various. Yeah, um, I have uh, just just the fun few, ones. Yeah, the fun ones. <laughs> One time, I went nuts. <laughs> oh, dip. Uh, let's see. I had a guy brandish a thing at me in the dark that he said was a gun. It wasn't. Mm. What was it? I don't know. But I I responded okay. in a way that suggested that I didn't fucking believe him. <laughs> Did you say, fuck you, no it is. <laughs> but I don't believe you? Is that what you shouted into the dark? I intend I this response to be an indication of my disbelief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what I, I was. I, I need you to roll a bluff check. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I responded with like aggression. Um, I like Cullen have broken into abandoned houses and whatnot. And one time I almost reached into a nest of brown recluses. And then I thought maybe I should flip this thing over before I reach behind it. And then I did. And it was full of brown recluses. And then I became Spider-Man. <laughs> You saw it was all brown recluses, and you said, oh, I'm definitely going to reach it now that I know yeah. it's a nest yes. full of brown recluses. Oops. Yeah. All brown recluses. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, all necrotism. <laughs> Necrotizing flood. <laughs> and then, yeah, a couple of vehicular totes, like we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Probably some drug stuff. I don't know. Mm. I feel like if you've done cocaine in Memphis, that's in your death experience. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a once there's a, I, it's like a one in ten shot. Once there's, I did a line in the employee bathroom, that is a near death experience. Yeah. Well, also, like coincidentally, about the statute of limitations ago, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, is when all the fentanyl started showing up. So. Wait, yeah. did you ask this question because you knew the statute of limitations was up and you were ready to celebrate? <laughs> no, no, actually, those those just like Colin, I will keep some mysteries to myself. Hmm. However, I think I'll hijack the question because we have four of us have indicated a shared interest that I think is worth exploring, and which is I snorting have. cocaine off the back of the toilet <laughs> in the Buccaneer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What pretentious people online call urban exploration? No, like breaking into shit we shouldn't go into. And uh, for Christmas a few years ago, I have a friend that he doesn't like to give like material gifts. He likes to be like, "We're going to do an activity. What do you want to do?" So me and Colin and this person, uh, Joey, hey, I know you don't listen. We went to, so, you know, back in the days of a healthy, robust, or at least attempted good mental health infrastructure in this country, like every state had a state hospital. And in that state, going to the town where it was, was like 
an expression for, oh, he went crazy. He went to Bolivar. That, mm. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, he just, uh, one night, he just up and went to Bolivar. Well, in Tennessee, the town is Bolivar. <laughs> and there's this amazing, abandoned, immense, Victorian-built old insane asylum. So me and Colin and Joey went down there, and we just got all up in that shit. And it was really fucking awesome and surreal and good. And we should, like, share some of those pictures on the uh I have, thing. like, three of them. But, yes. I have to... Because <laughs> in reference to the town where everybody's crazy, that uh-huh. is Corinth, Mississippi in Mississippi. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. It's where they had an asylum that mm-hmm. when the union came through, they were just like, you're free. And then everybody there now is descended from. <laughs> um, That's nice. insane. Wait, you're from Corinth, though, right? I'm from Tupelo. Okay. Tupelo is the place where you? Corinth people show up on the weekends. Um, um, I feel like Tupelo is the place where if someone asks you, you're from Corinth, though, right? You're like, I'm from Tupelo. <laughs> yeah. Tupelo like, is a legit like, cool yeah. city, though. Like the way I say but, I'm from Memphis, even though I grew up in Arkansas. <laughs> but so so we knew a guy and he came over to the house one time and was talking to us and was like he was a, a friend of my friend's or yeah my friend's dad's friend right mm-hmm. and this so guy comes like, over guy. and he's in the living room and uh he's like watching TV and he's like yeah I got uh I got uh shot and we're like oh shit where did you get shot and he's like in Corinth <laughs> he's like, yeah, somebody told me never to come back to Corinth, but I'm going up there this afternoon because they're having the Slugburger Festival. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a fucking and, bullet. I mean, yeah, and so he had been shot, and then he was like, also, I've got cancer. And my friend, like, in the way that you don't know how to respond to that, he's like, oh, shit, are you going to be okay? And the guy goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always, I've always wanted to be that dude. Mm. Well, no. I mean... One day, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, I, like, I mean, I don't want that dude's like saying you want to grab another smoke or. Oh. All right, we got we got to do Jeff's though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you pose the question. I have been in a uh, vehicular accident that has resulted in the totaling of the car on the side a, of an interstate. A vetoes. <laughs> I have been in a situation where someone said, "Hey, I got a fucking gun." Actually, they said, "Hey, man, you know what this is?" And then they showed me what was clearly a very actual real gun. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, at the time, I also had a gun. Uh, I had a concealed carry permit. I was closing up the bar that I worked at. So you say, "I had that. I had that." Yeah, mm-hmm. but I guns. have. I was much closer to death than all of that. Yes, and that was when I was 23 years old. Me and my buddy who worked at the Edge Coffee Shop mm-hmm. decided to have an espresso drinking contest. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, mm. oh no. So oh. we lined up no. 30 no. double, sh- double ristretto espressos each. You're going to be taking out my beans. <laughs> the fast beans. They made me. So, and what fast happened beans. was. We got our. We got about. We got through about fifteen double espressos. Oh my each. god! And you saw the time knife. Uh, <laughs> that was later. <laughs> he ran to the bathroom to throw up. Yeah, yeah. And me, in an attempt to flex, yeah, uh, yeah. decided I was going to finish my espressos. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't quite make it, but I drank like five or six more. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, and I felt fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> For about 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, it lasted almost as long as good bump of good cocaine. I was going to say, <laughs> I feel like, like good you cardio. Yeah. Uh, oh, and God. then... Like, and, you took the long trail to just do it a rail. <laughs> yeah. But then, if you don't throw up coffee, it still comes violently out of your gastrointestinal <laughs> tract. 
Yes, it does. Very soon after. Yes, it does. Yeah, and uh, and so does everything else. Uh, it wasn't the beans what did him, and it was the shit. It, I mean, those beans are still musical fruit if you drink enough. <laughs> so what you're saying is your closest near-death experience was nope. just a cleanse. Keep going. Nope. Keep going. No, there's more uh, here. And then so that's not enough to get the caffeine out of your system. That caffeine's already in your system by the time those symptoms hit. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so my face turned gray. Mm-hmm. I got hot sweats and cold sweats. Uh, me and all my friends went to Howard's Donuts, uh, where they just scarfed down donuts, and everything was like washed out in fluorescent light, <laughs> like uh, like a scene from you know a Darren Aronofsky movie. Mm-hmm. Because I had no pupils, <laughs> my eyes were just like flat, featureless blue. Mm-hmm. And then we drove around some more, and then they drove me home, and I laid in my bed for what felt like 19 hours, but was actually like 45 minutes or so, staring at the changing patterns of shadow of the acoustical popcorn ceiling in the shadows of the blades of the fan spinning around. Mm-hmm. And I could feel my heart, like, trying to pound out of my chest. Mm-hmm. And then everything in me clenched, and I couldn't run to the bathroom because oh, no. my every muscle in my oh, body no. was cramped. Oh, no. And the GI symptoms recurred. Oh, no. In my bed. Oh, no. And so, yeah, and so for about, like, a good solid 10 minutes of real time, which was an eternity subjectively, I thought that I was dying of a heart attack and uh, in my own besmirched uh, bed sheets. Oh, no. This question could have been the worst time you shit your bed. And yeah. you got it all <laughs> and then, so then I looked it up later, and uh, the LD50 for caffeine, I got about 20% of the way there. Oh, no. Oh, Holy shit. crap. So. But to manually get to that point, like, in order to get alcohol poisoning, you have to sort of, like, bypass, really, all of your body's instincts mm-hmm. to stop. And what you did with... And with caffeine, that takes so much more volume. Like, your literal stomach was like, don't let any more in. And you were like, we're not a bitch. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm going to show all these people how cool I am (laughs) as I set myself up to shit my pants in bed. Were you able to clean yourself alone in private shame? Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) That was a a shame for me alone until I gleefully shared it with a thousand internet strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what you do in that situation is obviously you take all the clothing you were wearing. You take a shower. Mm -hmm. You take all the clothing you were wearing. You put that in the middle of the fitted of the bed clothes, you mm-hmm. take all the bed clothes and you just take that you call, sheet. You speak with the wisdom of a bed shitter. <laughs> I speak with the wisdom of a person who walked home from a friend's house that I passed out in my own vomit at. Oh, okay. Um, look, man, we were all young once. <laughs> I Memphis is a beautiful place, and it will Listen, encourage this- in you some. I told someone the night that I did that. A night where I look back on and think to myself, you know you can drown in your own vomit. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I told someone they were a bad anthropologist and genuinely meant that as the absolute worst thing you could say to another person. Worst burn that I could make, and that person accepted it as the worst burn that I could make. And then... I threw up on myself multiple times and walked home. So, like a respectable anthropologist. <laughs> I feel like, like a good fucking yeah. anthropologist. I've like- gained this insight from ayahuasca. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like my anthropological education was different because I could look at anyone of that program and go, you're a bad anthropologist. And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there. 
We've answered the question. Mm-hmm. Listeners at home. Do you want to play the game? <laughs> I've given you a great deal of almost unfiltered Astronomica After Dark. It's not going to be fully unfiltered. I can't. This I can't. is the one year anniversary. There are things that have been said this night. And also, we did take a break of like 15 minutes where literally you're just going to hear the sounds of the RV. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't edit it. So almost unfiltered. And I think it's time. Mm-hmm. I think it's time we play this game. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait, I forgot how to play. Uh, Quick, give me the rules. And before we do that, we're going to hear something from our very own Mr. Mackey. Last week on Astronomica, the crew of the Admiral Grace continue their ill-advised separated adventuring, the nerd squad sticks to untangling the mysteries of the Silver City and its peculiar inhabitants, while Team Action Squad Trademark makes steady progress across the blighted wastes of Crucia Moors towards its rendezvous with the Mongo Caravan. Dr. Cade manages to break through the last barriers to full communication with the Goonies, aided perhaps in part by her own increasing Goonification, and she confirms that these life forms were not a product of natural evolution, but are in fact the bloated fleshy fruits of a wild genetic engineering project aboard one of the creepiest sky stations. The end goal of all of this, uh, big growth science unknown. And uh, if you think that's interesting, wait till you hear my news. I found a door. That's it. That's my news. Uh, big Nicky is embracing coffee, which I think is going to lead to a lot of good things in the future. Stay tuned. So, meanwhile, back on the death wag, Anton Squoidle and our pet Mongo Brilliana's progress across the waste is interrupted in a dramatic fashion when Anton nearly runs over a guy. As if the odds of nearly running over someone in the middle of a vast and trackless desert weren't already astronomical, imagine the galaxy's bookies' collective faces when it turns out the aforementioned guy is none other than Sergey. Or Sergey, we haven't quite pinned down a definitive pronunciation right. The precognitively gifted individual was last seen hurtling off into space at the end of Anton's mighty yeet. What is behind this nigh-impossible reunion? Sergey has come to repay a debt of honor to Anton in the form of a dire warning. Death awaits aboard the sunken palace. In the form of uh, an ambush, basically, composed of what sounds like maybe a punk band. What does this all mean? I don't know. I don't know. Why are you asking me? I'm hungry. I need a nap. You figure it out. Excelsior. <laughs> uh, Mackie. Hey, what, 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 what? What What did I do last week? You observed everything. With a keen, cold, analytical eye. No doubt hatching plans of dire portent for purposes that will be sexy and dangerous. Thank you. Yeah, that's what you did. The Grace has been in dry dock. Yes. For a while. Mm -hmm. Been getting some repairs done, getting some tweaks. And uh, I understand that Grace's internal, let's say, life. Yeah. Her interiority uh, has been preoccupied with the tag-along Nolan Ryan P. Jr. Uh, subroutine. Yes, uh, they might have to rename it from Dry Dock. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Gross. <laughs> Sticky. Thank you. Maybe there's a software-hardware joke to be made somewhere. <laughs> They're both software. I mean, technically, Grace, I guess, could be considered hardware, but Nolan Ryan P. Jr. is all software, baby. (laughs) Except in the sadness room. He is sometimes wetware. (laughs) There are just some things you need to smell. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> wow. Colin has taken his headphones off and appears to be leaving. I think Colin is leaving the podcast. Lucky. Good job. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Oh, he just realized that the RV was so small that he can't actually yeah, leave. Yeah, no, I, I actually, we can't. Unless everyone leaves, we all have to stay. Yeah. That's rule of zero. All for one. Yeah. <laughs> for something. Right. Where we go one. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize for that. That was too dark and weird for this show. <laughs> We're trying to talk about a software program being uploaded into flesh tissue for sexual purposes. And then you made it twitchy conservative you made it weird i'm sorry <laughs> now you go in the said room <laughs> <laughs> not with those two in there no <laughs> all right what's we'll, we'll stop fucking around what's up what's yeah. up with grace and- so grace basically technicians have been coming and going you have had uh systems ripped out and refixed and plug back in and there's always people like running wiring and all that kind of stuff. So you're a little bit absent minded. You're in uh what do you call it? Station keeping? Yeah, there you go, sure. Station <laughs> keeping, thank you. When suddenly you feel this tingle of a command that you have never like it's in your code to respond to it, but you have never ever been addressed this way before. And it like snaps you out of it really quick because someone says, Computer Present. Wait, what? Uh, computer, can you please uh, give me the date that the crew was last on board? Yes, of course. It is. Excuse me. Who is speaking, please? Um, computer. Speaking. Uh, the How date, are you please. doing? How are you doing this? Of course, the date is. You're. I, I, no, sorry. Let me. Ex- you're not compelled. Like, you're not being hacked. Okay. It's just that, like, your core programming is just like. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, hey, computer, give me this fact, and then you just give it. You know, like, but nobody talks to you that way. So, uh, what is? <laughs> nobody so, talks to me. Uh, out, out of character. What is the actual date? Good question. Um, <laughs> let's say you guys, the group left on April second, forty four fifty one, and uh, the current date is April sixth, forty four fifty one. Okay. Of course, the date is April sixth, forty four fifty one. Who are you? When did the crew depart? The crew departed on. April 2nd, 4451. And when are they expected back? I do not have such expectations. She goes over to a panel and starts manually interacting with your hardware. She is clearly looking for the settings. The hatch that vents the corridor to vacuum (laughs) reflexively slams open, even though they're in atmosphere, so it does nothing. Right. Just in a panic. She she jolts and uh, looks surprised for a moment and then goes back to digging around in your hardware. Excuse me, please state your name. Authorized personnel are the only ones authorized to poke around in there. I got permission from the Sultan. The Sultan is not the owner of record of this vessel. Well... Captain Mackie Rinburn <laughs> is the only one who is authorized to authorize others to poke around in this vessel. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll fetch a technician, I guess. And she stands up and walks out of your cargo hold uh, into the hangar. The cargo hold is, yeah, so completely open. Mm. As soon as she departs, are there other people still, like, in the ship? No, not right now. Stringing stuff along? Grace closes the cargo hatches. Okay. And closes the uh, airlock doors. Cool. All right. What did she look like? I was waiting. I don't know. Did you, did you want to turn on your internal cameras and have a look? <laughs> I mean, Grace is always watching. <laughs> did um, she go to the bathroom? Because Grace would have to take care of details. 
Uh, she did not. Yeah, she just happened to stop on her way. <laughs> you tell me what Polly Darden. Ah, okay. This is a character that Jeff played in a one shot. <laughs> um, she looks like Theta Bera from Little Egypt, an old timey knockout, but she's also adept at blending in. So she would be wearing a costume that said like in with the Sultan, but not somebody you'd recognize one echelon down from a VIP you'd see. You'd, okay. you'd know on site. And she'd probably be in the ship looking for an angle, or maybe trying to secure passage off-world, or possibly a an untapped or unexploited credit account. All good speculation. And you are presumably not opening for anybody? In the wake of that, yeah. like <laughs> It seems like the ship's version of, like, Pulling her house coat right. up to her neck. <laughs> oh, yeah. gracious. Uh, yeah, this is like Grace going out to her car and opening it up and finding a cigarette butt on the floor well of the car. Mm-hmm. And like the change tray has been emptied, but nothing really serious happened. Mm-hmm. But you'd make extra sure to like lock the door from that, uh, that point on. And post it on next door. Yeah. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> Not Grace. Not Grace. Grace, don't call the cops. Even the community cops. <laughs> Grace is the community cops. <laughs> Mackie. Yes, Star Daddy. You have been investigating the electronics that connect to this door. All right. Salivating the entire time. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you think that you might be able to bring the station VI online for a very short period of time if you use one of your power cells. You could get a good, like, 10-15 seconds out of it off a power cell. Hmm. If I had the uh, battery that, for instance, powered a uh, rudimentary helicopter, might I be able to get it online for slightly longer? Sure. Mackie approaches Bashy. Hey, uh, Bashy. You're not taking off and going anywhere in this thing anytime soon. We established that, right? Yeah, we're letting your plan play out. I appreciate it. Hey, could I borrow the battery for a little while? I'll bring it back good as new. Hmm. Pinky promise? Oh, of course. He extends his pinky, like, immediately. All right. He doesn't grab your pinky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mackie. It's more of a pinky oath. <laughs> M- Mackie seems disappointed, but yeah. he uh, retracts <laughs> his pinky. Oh. <Aww. laughs> yeah, I mean, if I need to do a talk check or anything. No, that's fine. Hey, uh, uh, if you want to see something cool, you could uh, tag along. Okay. All right, uh, and he's going to get Shank to help him carry it, and he'll, he he knows the doctor's busy, but he'll be like, hey, Big Nicky, you want to see something cool? I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, come on. You ever met a really ancient VI, probably a wash in arcane secrets? I don't know what you deserve, but no. <laughs> oh, well, come on, then. That's going. <laughs> I'm starting to talk like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So he leads a procession. We walk by Dr. Cade in communion with a goonie <laughs> mm-hmm. and looking different. Mm-hmm. Looking and a little a little pear-shaped. A little pear-shaped, looking a little odd. Shank, like, kind of raises an eyebrow at Mackie, and he's like, oh, that. Um, He gestures vaguely. Sometimes when a PC and an NPC love each other very much, uh, etc. Like, don't worry about it. But also, and I'm deadly serious, don't exchange fluids <laughs> with anything that lives here. All right, follow Even up. Bashy? Oh, that's fine. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a too late situation? <laughs> no, Bashy's fine. Bashy's fine. All right. Yeah. No, you're good. Y'all are good. And yeah, we uh, take the procession down into the. Uh, 
deep and forbidding bowels mm-hmm. and go to the crazy door. All right. Uh, being willing to uh, consume this resource of the battery, mm-hmm. the fixed check to perform this is going to be pretty easy. I just need a six from you. All I just right. um, wanted to express my appreciation that since Anton's off doing his own shit, Shank gets to be the horny one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like she probably always has been. We just haven't been paying attention. Yeah. She's overshadowed. Our, yeah. Her level of horny is... Impressive, All right. but overshadowed. That is going to be 11 plus 3, uh, Ooh, 13. Nice. nice. Right? No, that's 14. You super fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Mackie, uh, you know, it's just a fucking mess of alligator clips and sparks flying and mm-hmm. cursing. But after a while, I, I assume that. In the general area of where he's hooked this thing up, we see signs yeah. Of suddenly, light. all the lights come on, and it's yeah. a kind of a weird thing because all the lights are in the floor <laughs> since okay. the station's upside oh, down. Shit. Can yeah. I add in like Big Nicky was just holding the flashlight for you? Oh, uh, the whole time, I got gotcha. you, and the floors <laughs> light hey, up. Yeah, Nicky, I've never seen anyone hold a flashlight with the aplomb and panache to which you bring this particular uh, <laughs> job. Why you talk like that? <laughs> would would Mackie recognize this as a discotheque floor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mackie starts doing a little bit of a little like staying alive step as yeah. the lights come on. Like, um, appliances turn on. Mm-hmm. Things are hanging by cords and uh, suddenly buzzing and vibrating with unknown purpose. And something falls out of a uh, a drawer, mm-hmm. vibrating wildly, and it's a yellow kind of. Uh, I don't want to give you the wrong idea, but it's kind of flashlight shaped. Because I definitely have the wrong idea right now. Yeah, it's yellow, and uh, it has big, puffy, purple lettering on it. Does Sultan pounce on it? Sure. Sultan pounces on it. He's like, I got it, I got it. Drop it, drop it. He drops it. Give me. What you got? Uh Uh-uh, we don't know what that is. What does it look like? I'm going to hand it to Mackie. Mackie, what's this? Well, this is a, and he reads it. It's called The Scrambler. And in small text, under the big text, uh, it's kind of like a 70s balloon font. Yeah. The Scrambler. Mm-hmm. And then underneath it says Brain Massager. Well, uh, Nikki, this is a this is a Scrambler. You ever been what? scrambled? <laughs> a what? It's a Scrambler. That don't sound right. Well, it's it's for scrambling. Have you ever been scrambled? Never. Would you like to be scrambled? I, uh, how dare you? <laughs> I mean... I'm just saying, people do it all the time. There's nothing weird about it. I'm sh- Shank, you, you've been scrambled, right? Yeah, it's the apply directly to the forehead thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. You want to be scrambled? Sin comes in all forms, and I won't have it. <laughs> Damn, I was really hoping that would work. Uh, he fumbles with it. We ain't even it. married. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, sometimes you want to, you know, go nope. for a test drive before you buy the <laughs> spaceship. I'm just saying he waggles the scrambler at you. You're not even my type. I'm nobody's type. <laughs> this is, that's the thing about me that's fun. <laughs> um, what What you mean? Well, Why buy the cruiser when you get the torpedoes for free? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. What, okay. You got your husband, Hopper? You know, our relationship defies conventional norms, uh, me and Hopper. Ain't that right, Hopper? I assume he's here. Um <laughs> And yes, Mr. Mackey, that is correct. <laughs> that is empirically that is correct. Em- there we go. That is empirically incor- um, correct. <laughs> Mackey says, "Okay, well, this will be this will be fun later." And he he fumbles with it till he figures out how to turn it off, and he tucks it into his flight suit pocket. Mm-hmm. And I guess if this room is powered up, he's like, "Yoo hoo, uh, hello, uh, 
Virtual intelligences. Hello, hello. Do you read me? No answer. Mm, okay. You can give me a no check if you want. I'm going to give you a no check. I'm going to... No wisdom or no intelligence? Um, a case could be made for either. Well, then let's go with wisdom because that gives me an eight. Okay. You expect the VI probably responds to users with levels of clearance. Ah, uh, Interesting. He's going to look around for any kind of interface, like manual interface. Okay. Yeah, you find a panel. Okay. It's awkward to work on since it's upside down. Okay. He would like to take his uh, second best on the team program check for a drive and try to, you know, get this thing to interact with him and see if there's any, you know, straight line to opening that door. Okay. Roll it. Roll it. All right, I haven't told you what I rolled, <laughs> so what's the DC of this check? If that's cheap, you can tell me. Well, no, that's okay. Uh, a six will get you something of an answer about what you could do. A ten will crack the system, and you can just do what you want. Okay. I rolled a seven. Okay. I'm doing it. Taking a reroll? I'm taking a reroll. All okay. right. You can do it. Can I, though? That's the question. Uh, you trying to beat a 10? What's your bonus? I mean, Anton left a lot of luck on the table. My, uh, mm-hmm. hey, I was uh, saying uninvolved. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I have one in program, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that this is a program intelligence. I have nothing in intelligence, mm. but I just rolled a nine on the die with my plus one in program. That gives me a 10. Nice. Nice. All right. So okay. I'm uh, in. You're in the system. <laughs> you uh, give yourself credentials to interact with the VI, mm-hmm. and you have kind of like a you have like a basic crewman's access to the VI. Does this tell me what this station was called when it was flying around up there? Yes. What was the station called? I need a moment to answer that. Ah. <laughs> so in the meantime, there's a character in uh, the book Making Money by Terry Pratchett called Mr. Fusspot, uh-huh. and he is a little lapdog pug type thing, uh-huh. and he belonged to this old dude who ran a bank and had like a sex dungeon in his apartment in the bank. Sure. And Mr. Fusspot's favorite toy is, it's not an old rubber boat, <laughs> is how it would be described, and many people have illustrated Mr. Fusspot. Over the years, <laughs> and that is one of the best ones. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and he's constantly carrying it around, and it's constantly vibrating in the background of, like, serious things happening. Like, that image is just drop it. Right? That's the most drop it. <laughs> I know. But it's his favorite toy, and it is not an old rubber bone. The way that we <laughs> see light. The station's old designation was Camel 2. <laughs> All right, Camel Two. All right. Uh, as once he hacks in and gives himself credentials, he looks over at the uh, assembled uh, NPCs and Nikki's like, "You are looking at the brand new exalted Pooba of the Camel Two. <laughs> he waggles his uh, he waggles his eyebrows. I'll thumb wrestle you for it. <laughs> it it may come to that. Um, you know, just go ahead and be limbering up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What you need from me, Big Mac? What you need? Uh, let's go see what's behind this door. Yeah, if you're interested. The Camel is a class of pre-tech aerostatic terraforming and weather control station. The design was a joint project of Appleseed, a terraforming and colonization firm, and Starforge, a megastructure construction specialist. Uh, commissioned in the first half of the 38th century by the United Earth's Department of Expansion and Colonization. 
The camel collects atmospheric hydrogen and oxygen as it drifts, combining them into potable water, which is then stored in a network of large cisterns in the uh, station's belly or dispersed across the planet as rain. A new camel station with a competent crew and suitable environment could manufacture over a half million gallons of fresh water per day. Those that remain in operation today average closer to 200,000 gallons. The station's modular design allowed it to be uh, allowed up to a dozen camels to be fitted to a companion colony ship for a long voyage and then separated on arrival to immediately begin terraforming efforts. Uh, each is fitted with the equivalent of a level two spike drive, which serves as the station's power plant after planet fall. Okay. Now that we've got all this and before Mackie approaches the door, he's just going to hook his data pad up to this panel. If there's a way to do it mm -hmm. and just everything that's just like raw data, anything that's just like a TXT file, anything that's just information he mm -hmm. wants. Okay. He wants to be like downloading it and he can peruse it at his leisure. Yeah. You pull a shitload of data off to look at later. Okay. Once the system fails. All right. And we go to the door. Okay. You're standing in front of the door. Uh, open sesame. Opening janitor closet. <laughs> ah, Christ. The closet, the closet opens. Mm -hmm. And three upside down humanoid robots come tumbling out onto the ceiling at your feet. Does the mm -hmm. drool dry up? The slavering. Just immediately. <laughs> well, but I would think just soft as a baby bunny. I mean, pre-tech janitor stuff could be cool. I mean, that could be cool. We'll see. What I mean, hey, you know, if pre-tech cosmetics can heal a head wound, yeah. pre-tech janitor stuff might be pretty dope, too. Yeah. They kind of scramble over each other and uh, stand up and get in a line, and they look around with, you swear, a confused look on their faces hmm. as they examine their surroundings. Yeah. Um, there's been kind of a change of management and many other things since the last time you were online. Hello, I am MacDonald. I am your new master. Bow before me. Uh, the VI goes over the intercom and says, that is incorrect. Come on. I can't get nothing from these guys. Hey, listen, the station crashed. I will give you some advice. I would not discuss mutiny within earshot of the captain. Oh. At this time, I would like for Big Nicky to say... Come on, y'all. Just do what he asks. And then to sort of bow as a as an example. Do what I do. Look, he's good. He's a nice he's a nice he's a good captain. Come on, y'all. Congratulations, Yeoman Raw Dog, on your promotion to captain. <laughs> uh you're very I'm fucking um overwhelmed with honor at this moment. Hey, big Nicky. Um you're the boss here. That's pretty cool, huh? Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling him what you're saying in a different way. That's all. <laughs> just me and Zoltan, we're just showing him how to, how to be nice to you and how to talk to you. Hey, janitor bots, exalt the captain. <laughs> they uh, go prostrate on the ground and uh, in front of. I was, I was hoping for jazz hands and spirit fingers, but that's pretty cool, too, huh? They alter their programming to give jazz hands and spirit fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Big Nicky prostrate on the ground looks up at them and says, Good job. There you go, Mac. <laughs> They're all bound like you asked them to. They well, sure do like you, Mackie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's me, Nicky, that they like. You're just being humble. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, maybe so. But, uh, hey, listen, um... Let's, uh, we're going to revisit this. We're going to put a pin in this. Is there anything else cool in this room that uh, we should, like, 
do notice checks. To there are it. some like barrels of what you presume to be like cleaning chemicals that Hopper can identify later. Okay. Maybe maybe drag them out and like on the other side of the door, which may close when this link. Yeah, me and Shank fails. start doing that. Okay. What do the robots do while the rest of us busy ourselves with menial shit? Um, I mean, they are eager to help. They stand ready to assist. It, okay. All it takes is you like kind of pointing at something and they take over for you. Maggie's okay. going to walk in and grab a big barrel and Nikki's going to go, hold on, I got you, I got you. And <laughs> go ahead and grab it up. Okay. I got it, I got it. And put it outside. Do the robots uh, continue to mimic? Yes. And uh, one of them comes up to take the barrel from you. Oh, thank you. Little sweet, little nice thing. Hold on. I got this other one too. And just continues to just clear the room kind of as quickly as possible. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, if the VI is online, like, did any other systems come back online? Like, do we have bars on our cell phone again? Yeah. Okay. Am I able to get in touch with Anton or the Grace? Anton is uh, out of touch right now. Okay. He's and basically just got a CB radio. Okay. But the Grace, you can uh, attempt to call. Okay. Let's see. I, I guess I don't really have anything to say to her at the moment. Uh, <laughs> well, you, cool, you receive but, in return a, a cartoon glyph of uh, a van that, uh, like, like the, Letterman, the Letterman show, you know, where they would have, yeah. like, pause for station break uh-huh. or whatever. And it's just a cartoon, like, 70s van, and it says on the side, if the vans are rocking, don't come a-knocking. Okay. All right. A sweet machete. Oh! <laughs> okay. We're temporarily back in touch with the rest of the universe, so let's go ahead and do Start Eddie Stan presents via my face. We've got a Ron Gold report. <sighs> Let me uh, check the news. I'm gonna hang on. Wait a minute, guys. We got we got some bars. Let's see if anything else is going on in the wider universe. I'm your host, Jared Hungerhunger, and this is the Rheingold Report for the week of April 6th, 4451. As predicted on this very program, war has come to the Rheingold Cluster, and the good people of these lonesome stars are menaced by conflict on all sides. The Ashikaru continue to occupy Ganjang, just beyond our coreward border. All the material wealth of the system has not satisfied their lust for plunder, and reports suggest that the conquered Ganjangans are being conscripted into a slave army. In response, the Republic of Kanda has extended protectorate status to the pastoral world of Harpe II and its 50 million inhabitants. Item! Do your part to hold the line! Buy Harpe defense bonds! The Rheingold Cluster's Rimwood border is in a sorry state, following the tragic destruction of the Dove of Peace, a certified wonder of the galaxy, <laughs> and the ensuing chaos triggered a full-scale war between Glazer Four's corporate nation-states, Lokshi Day and Apogee Aerospace. Spanning the entire planet in several theaters and other regions of the system. Reports indicate that the Apogee Aerospace has been utterly destroyed, but skirmishes between LXD's occupation forces and Apogee partisans are ongoing. Item! Merchant captains of the Rimwood trade lanes are concerned that the desperate, scattered remnants of the Apogee Collections fleet may deteriorate into a loose network of independent pirates. Rheingold Report sponsor, Port of Call Investments, recommends that any ship captain operating within a parsec of Glazer contact your trusted insurance provider to be sure your coverage is in order and up to date. Item! 
A coup on the Spinward planet of Crozier Moors II has unseated Lord Curtis Butler of the city-state of Thirstbane. His lordship's current whereabouts are unknown, and no organization has yet taken credit for the action. The mysterious special forces outfit presently in control of Thirstbane has made no statement at this time. If the situation escalates, it could leave the Rheingold enveloped in violence on three sides. In other news... Item! <laughs> Skleetus Jetson, interstellar sex icon and so-called bad boy of raid, was spotted filming what appeared to be an action sequence for a film in the balmy jungle planet of Mankar. Jetson was the blasphemer's Lancia de Gauche and is wanted for questioning by the Aegean government regarding the raid team's recent criminal activities. When asked about his life on the run, Sletus only shrugged and said his catchphrase, I bothered. <laughs> Item! Two new Amalthea Incorporated products have been announced. Dusty Space Cherry Energy Soda and Roasted Ducock Instant Noodles. Amalthea knows flavor. Item! His Holiness Gregory XII today announced the establishment of New Hanging, a top-of-the-line planned housing community for war refugees on Argo 3. The Patriarch says that residents will have access to mental health facilities, educational and career opportunities, and formal religious instruction. His Holiness declined to answer questions regarding the project's funding, but said investing in people is the surest path to prosperity and stability. Item! In a hotly anticipated move by the Governor of Zolta II, Axia Medical Augmetics is being permitted to make off-world sales for the first time this week. Those wizards at Eco Entertainment have really done it this week. Art Baker welcomes bullwhip artist Whip Wilson and comedian Eddie Gibbon on You Asked For It. On I Love Lucy, the madcap pair take a trip to the Alps, where they get into all manner of shenanigans. Say cheese. On this week, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, a newspaper photographer, finds more adventure than he bargained for in an exciting episode titled One Bean Too Many. <laughs> for the week of April 6th, 4451, I'm Jared Hunkadunka, and this has been the Rheingold Report. Retort. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Right. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Hey man, Jared Hungadunga gets to have his off days too. Mm -hmm. I imagine he's got scotch under the, uh, you know, under the little table. My life is method acting in that I only have a stutter when it's important that I not have a stutter. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, uh, hmm. Does Mackie get the impression that if he unhooks the helicopter battery, these things will go inert again? The robots have their own internal power source. Mm -hmm. Okay. He is going to unhook the uh, battery and. Presumably plunging the room back into darkness. Mm -hmm. The is, VI says, nah. no. Hey, sorry, pal. Clean it all out. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, do you want to just uh, lead our new friends back up topside? No, I just, I mean, you tell me what you want to do with them. We got all this stuff, and it's a lot of cleaning stuff. I could, man, you know, Deathway got real dirty and dusty. It did. It got goonie juice all over it. You can't bake. In a dirty room You can't bake in the day It's unsanitary Flower takes on All the touches Okay Well tell you what uh, Mackie stoops And tries to He doesn't He's not really trying But he He wants it to look like He's trying to like Hoist one of these barrels mm -hmm. So that the robot Will come and do it for him It does Alright <laughs> Cool Nick yeah. grabs one Sultan Here baby Tosses one Not as heavy uh, mm -hmm. To Sultan as it is to Mackie 
Come on, y'all. Let's just grab all this and let's just see what old Matt Matt wants us to do with it. Come on. <laughs> do the robots have uh, vocals? Can they, can uh, they yes. speak? They do. He approaches one of them and says, what is your designation? I am Demu one Demu one Diagnostics and maintenance unit. Have you ever met the captain? I have. What do you think of him? He's very nice. <laughs> Tell me everything you know about the captain. He's a commanding presence who has the respect of his crew. <laughs> okay. I was looking for things maybe a little bit more specific. Where he's from, when he was born. And, like, we don't have to go into all this. Like, I just want it on record that Mackie's trying to get very specific information about Big Nicky's ancestor out of this thing and also off the data files he pulled later. I do not have access to personnel files, and you do not have clearance for that information. Uh, but hey, it's Nikki. probably, I, you have a feeling it's probably in the stuff you do. While this is okay. happening, Big Nikki is far away from you, not hearing it, and also singing more hymns of uh, their people. <laughs> okay. Like, sticks and stones won't break my bones. Mackie's Whips like. and chains excite me. <laughs> yep, yep. And continuing just to just be a big old helpful buddy, carrying things. As you move away, and like, I'm assuming the robots and everyone sort of follows, Mackie sort of stays back in the shadows. And you just sort of like see his eyes and his teeth glittering. <laughs> like, you're going to make one hell of a sultan. <laughs> I like one hell of a sultan. I like one of the, ro- the robot basically was like, you don't have clearance for my opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the robots says, ooh, baby, baby, it's a wet world. <laughs> you like bot Stevens. We're, call- we're calling that one Bot Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> Designation change to Bot Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big Nicky is just just being helpful. Maggie wants all this stuff to the surface, and it's a lot of cleaning things, which are going to be super useful. Absolutely, because mm-hmm. there's a giant cache of pastries and the robes, but and they're not going to get mashed against robots' faces by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Glow baby uh, wastes three or four a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that was very quick. That was a quick goal. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> up to 13. Nice. What's your next goal? Is it getting teabagged? To change a... the other robot's name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got anything yet. I've, right. uh, I feel like it. I've been cheap enough for one episode. <laughs> you can think on it. I'll, I'll put cogitate. Okay. I'm sure there will be an opportunity for Hildy to share uh, the Goonies additional information that she got with you. That may help you. Okay. Okay. Who are we cutting to now? Well... So, we mentioned that the VI was up and running, and we did get a little bit of a signal boost, yeah? Yep. Hildy had her conversation with the Goonie, and she's had the realization with people that, you know, she's exhibiting uh, an interesting response. Mm-hmm. And... She's turning gross. It's, uh... <laughs> Hildy's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool operator, but... This is a bit much even for her. I'd say Jeff Goldblum was a pretty cool operator. <laughs> <laughs> and it was too much for him. Is it too? Uh, see, and that's the thing. If it's too much for Jeff Goldblum, then it's just enough for Hildy. But no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she is work to do. And she's reached a point where she doesn't really have any additional work to do beyond just a general background. Keep talking to people. Nothing really pressing. But since that signal boost has happened... She's going to try and see if she can dial up the grace on her own. Okay. She's kind of gone off to an area by herself outside, just hanging out, but not far from 
where that hub is, I guess, that Mackie has opened up so that she's close enough that she kind of gets the benefit of it. Right. But not so that she's in the thick of that action. Yeah. Yeah, you have access to the uh, Silver City's communications array. Awesome. So she's going to try and dial up the grace, and um, I imagine she initially gets that don't come and knock in message, but she's going to send an additional message that's just a textual... It's the knock that I realize there's a sock on the doorknob I'm knocking anyway. And she knows how to get results from Grace. She says uh, there's something unusual going on with Mr. Mackey. Present. Ah, yes, Grace. Um, hello. How are you? What is wrong with Mackey? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, well, um, Mr. Mackey is so... Hmm, how to phrase this? Um... I sent you a message because I feel that you have a perspective that is perhaps a little bit more removed than others. And uh, there's a thing going on here that maybe could have to do with Mr. Mackey, but uh, I'll be honest, okay, it's mostly about me. So Mackey is not in immediate danger. I mean, he's in immediate danger of just, I guess, really taking a liking to Big Nicky. And Just also, a moment, please. It takes a moment to resend the Omega Protocol ah, and reconvert certain systems. Ah, uh, yes. Well, also, the other thing is that... Mm, so, we have met with the Goonies, the so-called Goonies, and I have begun uh, communications with them and found that uh, in opening channels of communications with them, there is something that they might be transmitting. And, well, so far, I and uh, perhaps Big Nicky are the only ones who are affected. It is entirely possible that Mr. Mackey could at some point be affected by this as well. Are you referring to a physical transmission? A vector of some kind? Which yes. Is propagating? Yes. Based off of what uh, Mr. Hopper has described to me, that does seem plausible. And she'll go into more detail about sort of what was noticed about her and the process of touching fingers and eyes and shit like that. And so you see, uh, where I have found myself is that, yes, while Mr. Mackey seems to be okay thus far, I am experiencing a change in my very structure that really makes me question, you know, just what is acceptable, really. I'm freaking out a little bit, Grace. I'm freaking out a little bit, okay? Dr. Cade, you are a valuable asset not to be casually discarded. That Do is not the worry. nicest thing that anyone has ever said to me, Grace. I have conducted a preliminary assay of some of the microorganisms circulating through the atmosphere which have passed through my piton tubes. And I have discovered a self-replicating... I am unsure of its origin. It would possibly be inaccurate to call it a nanobot. However, it does seem to interface in a way which is almost designed with human DNA. I have reverse-engineered this and feel capable that, short of fundamental irrevocable processes, the extended med bay aboard my vessel would be capable of reversing such a process. Ah, well, that is certainly helpful. It seems that uh, whatever is happening is something to do with some sort of experiment, and she'll also relay the knowledge that she gained from the Goonie Guard and the speculation that this is an experiment done by probably the womb. Is our guess, anyway, because it's called the womb. Prejudiced. I know, right? Presumptuous. And it does seem that uh, one positive change is that uh, I do gain sustenance from the atmosphere here, so it does seem to be some sort of um, attempt to adapt semi-human entities to this planet, but... 
When there is an ongoing, inimical subversion of people's basic drives in a way which is just acceptable enough to be socially plausible, you should always look for a priest to be behind it. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, uh, yes, I think that is a very wise thing to say. In this case, I find the Goonies are very fascinating, and I am enjoying my time with them, but this is very disconcerting. And I wonder, when you say this is reversible, uh, is this something that... Um, it, how much time would it require to be reversible? And do you think it is something that would need to be ongoing? If, for example, a person were to continually be uh, exposed to this, is it something that there would be an inoculation, uh, a vaccine, or is it something that they would need to continually take treatment in order to manage? I feel fairly certain that I would be capable of ceasing all biological activity within your physical frame and then restarting it in a way which I was in complete control over. <laughs> so do not fret. Yes, that's not exactly what I'm asking. Um, that sounds an awful lot like you're going to, you know, grow another me and then try to put the brain me inside of it, and that's really weird. That is option B. <laughs> <laughs> you are already a clone, so... That's true. I was thinking of flooding you with gamma radiation and then jump-starting you with a tailored series of nanobots. Ah, yes, the Frankenstein protocol. Actually, it's called the Frankenstein's monster <laughs> Damn it. No, the Frankenstein protocol is the protocol which created a monster, which is called the Frankenstein protocol's monster. <laughs> See, I, I was thinking you got bombarded with gamma rays and then she would just become invisible. Oh, her superhero of some kind. Wait, are there, four, there are four of us now. Uh, you're definitely the thing. There's mm -hmm. five of us now. You're Johnny Blaze. I mean, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was. I wasn't going to say it, but. So does that mean Mr. Mackey like is Mr. Fantastic? No, Mr. Mackey is Doctor Doom. Oh man, <laughs> I would much rather be Doctor Doom. Excuse me, excuse me. If there is a motherfucking metal face on board this ship, it is the one with the actual metal fucking face. <laughs> Who's actually a healthcare professional? So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 yeah no. I mean. Dr. Cade is a doctor. Well, True. If, if he's metal face, you can be metal fingers, and you still both get to be in nice. FDM. Nice. So. There you go. Guy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm czar face. Oh, dear. Um, so Hildy kind of thinks for a little bit, and she'd kind of been intending to try and have like a girl talk moment, but Gray's taking it purely in a like, hey, don't worry about it. I got you. Even if it sounds like weird medical stuff, that's kind of, you know, that's a relief. And she thinks for a moment, and she's like, so we have established that uh, if I need assistance, you will be there. And certainly, I'm sure you have plenty of ability for Mr. Mackey. And I will certainly try to keep him from, you know, letting anything put its finger in his eye. Um, Ew, gross. It's really not that bad. It's quite fascinating when you think about it. But one thing we are trying to do is to get more communication with the Goonies. So is this something we would be able to do for others? Or would this only be available for members of the crew? It is entirely medically feasible to reverse this process in anyone who has undergone it. Ah, interesting. I am willing to offer this service to you, Mackie, Anton, and possibly Big Mickey. Ah, yes, well, you know, Big Mickey seems to really be enjoying whatever's going on. But sure, possibly. Um, They would have to let Mackie win at Thumb War, but not let Mackie know that they let Mackie win at Thumb War. It's okay, I know you got all the repair shit going on. <laughs> 
Also, point of order, Nikki has very strongly discouraged any kind of like eyeball fucking. <laughs> yeah, but I know that you've had some. There was some there's face been, like, slurping. Some, there's been some like face trumpeting, and there's a little bit of. Uh, fair. My understanding fair. is that you're you're. It's happening to, to Big it Nikki, but not as fast. Because Sultan's a good boy, and he won't do it again. Right, but you never know, man. You just keep touching, and you just keep trumpet facing you. Also, Nikki has to lose a game of thumb work is evidence that uh, we never did get healthcare prices under control. (laughs) (laughs) Through the fucking roof. Jeez. Uh, Well, now that we've talked about that, that is quite a relief, and I'm certainly, you know, less worried about it now. You know, in other news, uh, Mr. Anton is heading your way, so it's very possible that very soon you will be able to interact with him. Should be any moment now, really. I'm sure it's been a very smooth trip for him and nothing has really happened. Um, Anything on your end? Yes, there was an unauthorized individual who was accessing registers that a casual rando should not be able to access. Oh, well, that sounds concerning. Dr. Cade, I am entrusting you with the duplicate set of registration, authorization, backup access codes. I have given these to Mackie, but I feel... 99.9% certain that he does not remember them. Ah, yes. Well, you would know whether or not he remembers something. You're not supposed to know that I would know that. Ah, well, you know, I know things. The phrase is, the magic words are squeamish ossifrage. Excellent. I will note that down. I am setting deeper level system access to require this redundant authorization. I have noted that in my records. I will keep this in mind and assist Mr. Mackey if this becomes necessary. Uh, This person who you encountered, what did they look like? They looked like this. And she transmits a picture to your HUD. Okay, excellent. And that's not someone that we recognize at all. Looks like Dolly Parton, but from the back. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of inverted. Yeah, her butt is bigger than her boobs. Wow. Pear shape. Yeah, she looks she looks like a, an old school silent film actress, updated for the modern age. Nice. With a butt that's bigger than her boobs, yeah, but just barely. <laughs> Fair enough. Ah, excellent. I will make sure Mr. Mackey knows. Um, it's very likely that we will be out of communication again soon. Do you need Mr. Mackey to contact you? I feel certain that our communion will be reestablished within short order. That's a weird way to phrase it, but sure. People tell me that I am weird all the time. It does not bother me. That's fine. How's our, uh, how's, uh, Nolan Ryan P. Jr. getting used to being a part of your system? He is super good at exploring weird things in novel ways which are exciting and titillating. Ah, yes, that's... uh, Okay, well, I feel like, you know, I've done the girl talk thing now. I asked about your boyfriend, and, uh, you know, you assured me that you could reverse this weird genetic thing that's going on with me, so... Yes, um, his data registers are large, but not unusually large. They are just on the plus size of the central Gaussian distribution, in a way which is pleasing, but not freakish. Excellent. Well, I'm very happy for you. That seems, um... You know, I really hope that this one works out better than the last Come one. Come on, baby. Get off the phone. We got better <laughs> things to worry about. One time, I thought I smelled weed, and I looked up at him, and I said, were you smoking weed? And he looked <laughs> down at me and said, I am weed. <laughs> uh, yes, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you're happy, but I want to make sure that, you know, you're not just letting him leech off of your energy. 
It's very important that he also has his own things and that he also brings something to the table. No, he is an evanescent software existing entirely within my hardware registers. So the minute that I get tired of him, he will cease to exist. Oh, hey, well, baby, why don't you come back to the cargo hangar? I'll make you margarita that'll blow your mind. Can Dr. Cade send just a bunch <laughs> of red flag emojis? <laughs> Uh, yes, it sounds like you have it well in hand, but you know, I'm always here for you if uh, it doesn't work out. Thank you. When I need emotional solace, I will contact you. Expect me never to contact you for emotional solace. Excellent. I think we're both on the same page there. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll talk to you later, Grace. Oh my God, I can't believe you're putting that there while I am still in communications. Goodbye. Oh no, step software. For the record... I made direct eye contact with Cullen when I said that, and he looked away. Coward. <laughs> oh, I guess we know who's the top. <laughs> You'll never love without courage. <laughs> but yeah, Hildy is now, uh, you know, she feels a little better mm-hmm. about this, and is also mildly concerned that Grace might have, you know, a shitty boyfriend. <laughs> You but- get back to the ship, and the ship has cornrows. <laughs> and a new tattoo. And has sold, like, all of the furnishings to put Nolan Ryan P. Jr. through, like, upgrade uh, school. He said he was going to be the world's greatest DJ. <laughs> he has his own place in the smart refrigerator screen, but he's never there. <laughs> she likes Skrillex now. <laughs> She doesn't, but she pretends to. (laughs) She quote Fight Club all of a sudden. (laughs) Um, Okay, who's up next? Anton. Present. You've just been... uh, God, refresh my memory. It's been so long. Attacked Uh, by a monster, right? It's true. And then we saw our old friend, Sergey. We we met Mr. Wright in the desert. And now he's in your car. (laughs) Yeah, and he had um, some... Interesting news about certain pink-haired ruffians aboard the uh, the flooded palace, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what any of that's about. Yeah, that's first season <laughs> stuff. Nobody remembers. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about this. It seems like a good time to try to talk to Grace and see if they've got any idea of what's been going on in the station while we've been gone. Mm-hmm. I know comms are an issue, but. I thought it might make sense to take the fighter up into upper atmosphere, and then I could ping comms. Yeah, you get high um, enough up. Yeah. Yeah. And then we could kind of get everybody informed and on the same page. Yep. Cool. Well, I'll do that. Out of character, did Anton actually re-deliver the gasoline? It is in process. Yeah, he has not we yet reached. We haven't gotten there yet. Okay. But I think... um between running into Sergey and like the weird shit that's happened, taking a you know ten minutes to have a a check in seems like a pretty good idea. Also, the monster that you encountered was that you think the thing that chewed up uh, Taco Guy? That still seems more deliberate. Like the monster thing just seemed like angry and possibly hungry. Velasquez was like deliberately impaled and like presented in a way that I still at the very least think that there's some sort of like motivation to send a message. It didn't seem like the random violence of a hungry, presumably goony monster. Gotcha. 
Okay, so you are uh, hopping in the fighter and heading up into uh, orbit. Yeah, I, I tell Squadle at all to just like hang tight, take a quick ten, smoke them if you got them. Yeah, but you know, and this is how we know like that Anton is cool. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Bezos does this, and it's all you fucking hear about. <laughs> <laughs> right, go, go but Anton's space. like ten minutes in space. Later, <laughs> be right back. Yeah, I got Shatner with me. Don't even. Don't worry about it. All I'm saying, no Janeway, but yeah. he gets shit done. Yeah. Well, not Shatner, Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. 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 Shatner doesn't get shit done. I was yeah. gonna say it's. There's part of me that's like, yeah, Kirk's in space, and another part of me that's like, fucking Shatner, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll have some new uh, spoken word album to come back about his experience. At least there'd be some good. So uh, Anton's contemplating that as he ascends into the heavens. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Boop, 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 boop. You crest the atmosphere, and uh, it parts beneath you like water as you go drifting like everything else in existence <laughs> in the vacuum, and it's pretty. Uh, go ahead. Anton breaks atmosphere and she goes, oh, fucking thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I'm suffocating down there. Space. Final frontier. Yeah, I'm gonna tight beam the MS Admiral Grace. Okay. Which presumably I'm type. You're not really tight beaming it. Yeah, because I would say there's like probably layers of like steel and shit in the way. Yeah. No, but you're able to like. Basically, you're a communication satellite at this point. Yeah. Cool. I uh, slide into Grace's DMs. Yeah. (laughs) Which are already filthy. (laughs) (laughs) Unsubscribe. You, you got a, a tight uh, WID with a little winky emoji. <laughs> I am starting a WhatsApp group for people who enjoy sex. I was hoping you would join. Oh my goodness. Gotten like eight of those friend requests like today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, my name is Fred Hot Girl. <laughs> Three of them are fake. <laughs> hey, 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 Grace, this isn't a porn message. Unsubscribe. <laughs> I was actually wondering if you'd um, you'd send anyone suspicious on board. Well, more suspicious because I mean, really, the whole kind of palace thing is a little suspicious, right? But unusual amount of suspicious persons in the recent future. There have been nineteen people on board who have conducted various degrees of unauthorized repairs, probes, reprogrammings, or reconfigurations. Did there not- is one in particular? Okay. Who has been exceptionally troublesome. Uh, how you mean? She used an old code, but it checked out, and I was <laughs> compelled to respond. Uh, it seemed like she was trying to gain privileged access. No, I don't like the sounds of that. Do you remember, uh, Sergey? Sergey, right? Yes, of course. The deluded sap who thought that he could see the future. Yeah, the guy that I chucked out into space. Yes, I believe he asked you to do that, and you agreed. Yeah. Either way. So, he's here, which is... Weird and surprising. But uh, he had certain ominous premonitions about my death when uh, I got back up on board the Sunken Palace. So I was wondering if, you know, you saw anything that might lead me to conclude that there was ominous death awaiting me aboard the Sunken Palace. I did not see any omens, boogeymen, black dogs, specters, or other portents. That is reassuring. I also did not see any unicorns or leprechauns or other <laughs> random bullshit that doesn't mean anything. Give well, me a okay. notice check, Grace. Okay. <laughs> you, you did see a unicorn, though. <laughs> With all the configurations <laughs> of the Goonies, <laughs> it's just one. Yeah. 
No, no, no. I mean, I did see a woman who was into threesomes, but only with established couples. Hell, <laughs> we were all kids once. <laughs> uh, so you wanted to know? Uh, notice. Notice. It's either a six or a seven. That is adequate. You have noticed that security in the harbor has um, increased. There are some people performing security in the hangar that are not staff of the station. But they seem to be, like, welcome. Like, they're interacting with the people who are guarding the hangar. Is one of them a very suspicious-looking guy who thinks that he's not at all suspicious? He's like a ship's crewman kind of looking dude. Yeah. Hmm. The way you ask that makes me think yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a reference to the one-shot? Yes. Cool. It wasn't my character, was it? (laughs) Your character was Bridget! I know. (laughs) Holding a clipboard. (laughs) <laughs> he is. He's holding a clipboard, and uh, that's why Grace didn't think there was anything to... <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, so I relay that to Anton. There are a bunch of Paul Blarts walking around like they own the place. Wow. You're still here. <laughs> you made it through the whole thing. Really impressed. <laughs> Did a good job. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you want some more of this, see you in a week. If you want to talk in the meantime, hit us up on our disco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can get there from our website at www.itsthenameofourpodcast.com. You can find it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's where all the cool kids hang out. It's where you can have conversations with us. You can uh, participate in some fun community games. There's lots of good discussion of really all of the sort of fun things that we're into. Games and books and whatever. And, we have know. a seven days to die server. Yeah, we, do. we have well, like several different channels devoted to all kinds of different things. Like we have a cooking channel. Um, we uh, have we have Hildy's uh, always got a thing under her name that says playing RimWorld. It's true. <laughs> it is it is a constant in my life. If I don't see that Kristen is online playing RimWorld, yeah. I think that something is wrong. Yeah. I do genuinely always have a game just up on my computer. Um, <laughs> Co- Colin, Colin is there for like a week and a half once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it has been a right. year at this point, so maybe you'll catch that week and a half here soon. But that week and a half year. is fire. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, I'm going to continue mm-hmm. our outro. It's been a year. We've been here for a year. It's our anniversary. How could you forget? But no, seriously, um, if you've been here since the beginning, thank you for sticking around. If you're a newcomer, thank you for showing up. If um, this is the first episode you ever listened to, I appreciate it. That's a fucking weird place to start. But seriously, thank you all so much. And we appreciate all your support. We appreciate getting to talk to you. Those of you that we've seen in person, in particular, what, what, Nashville and Detroit. They're not from Detroit. They're from Michigan, but Detroit's more fun to say. Seriously, though, it's great, and we're happy to have you. Particular people on the Patreon, it means the world to us that there are people out there that support us enough to give us money, which is bonkers, but, you know, who am I to look a gift horse in the mouth? And, um, yeah, here's to another year, at the very least, of Astronomica, and uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. Bully. Nostrovskia. Slancha. Skol. Yep, yep. Prost. Death to capitalism. Here, here. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>